never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test of to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd It's time for a new episode of the H Cannon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about all things video games, comic books, TV shows, movies, toys, Lego, Falcon and Winter Soldier, etc. <laughs> As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I'm joined by Phil. That is coughing Phil today. I took a sip on the intro, so if you heard me barking in the background, it's cause of water. It's nothing else. <laughs> yep. And I oh, totally made Boris vamp for me too. <laughs> exactly. I love it. How's everything, man? Ah, oh, another sunny day in paradise. What can I say? Yeah, it's actually not you sunny know? whatsoever today. No, that's but it's sunny in my world. All right, oh, I, I, oh. I'm just just saying. I don't know. I'm trying not to look outside. Trying not least, to, to to go there. At least the meds kicked in. Yeah, they always do. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, it is midweek. That means it is going to be our spoiler-heavy review, analysis, discussion of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier season one. Oh yeah. Episode 4, The Whole World is Watching. Really? Is that still on? I'm kidding. (laughs) The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What? Man, oh man. I I, I was predicting episode 5 was going to be a big one. Yep. Episode 4 was like, giving it a run for its money. I don't don't know how you top this week. But I'm sure they're going to try and find a way. And I'm sure they're going to do it. That's the thing about Marvel, right, in the MCU. They can always come back and give us more. So good on them. It's going to be good. Um, so before we get started, Phil, what was your initial impression after watching this episode? Um, <clears throat> It really was a whole lot of holy crap. Like, just from the opening... All the way to the final scene, um, and all the action in between. The action in between, nothing really surprised me. I won't yeah. say. I, I'd say, and it was very movie-like action. Yeah. Right. Like there, it was very. I was thinking, oh man, this is an episode that we're probably gonna, on the summary, be like setting a record for how quickly we get through it because there's no way we need to dissect. And then the new Captain America's foot sweeps. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. just like, oh. And then near the end of the episode, obviously, like, things happen. I, it was spoilers. You know, we're going to get to them and dissect them. But I didn't expect them to do with Battlestar what they did. Yep. I didn't expect, you know, the reaction Yep. to it. Uh, but everything else felt like it was predictable. And I think that it gives the basis for a really big last two episodes to resolve this mess that they yep. that has been made of the Captain America name. Yes. Exactly. Right? It, it's it's just like what we talked about last week when we're talking about the the poor girl from Emphis Nest and Solo. I'll never remember her name. Well, actually, I probably will at one point because she seems to be have the right agent and is picking the right work. Uh, and she's a great actress. Yep. But you all know who I'm talking about, the main baddie in this. The, the Carly. The, yeah, exactly. 
So I, I, I saw it come to fruition, what we, what we theorized about in both ends of the theory this yes. week. In that she was let off the hook for some of the stuff she did, but she was called in to be held account to some of the stuff she did. Yep. So they're being smart about it. Like, they really are. The subtext that I'm starting to, to pay attention to on the internet and whatnot, Boris, and this is probably going to be something that we have to examine in the final episode when we possibly go back before doing our, our review and watch the season in totality. Yep. And that is that there's a lot of really strong speculation out there about the fact that they think that the main storyline had something to do with a virus and that Disney has rewritten a few scenes and, and re-edited a few scenes in order to remove that due to the sensitivity of the pandemic. Yeah. And when I'm watching some of the reviews about certain scenes, they're very out of character with how they're shot with other things in the MCU and in the series. Yeah. And it's starting to stick out to me because they go over the death last week and they say that, well, she came to me and was talking about tuberculosis or whatever, but they never really clearly say what the mother figure died of. Yeah. And they, there, there's a lot of sidestepping around possible things. And it might just be the internet reading in this stuff. Yeah. It may, it may be the internet. Reading into things, come on, Phil, you're crazy. I know, and I know we try to stay away from speculation, but at the same time, I don't think it's that outrageous to think that Disney have a have grown a little bit of a sensitivity towards maybe placing, you know, a, a viral, you know, uh, uh, alignment or element into a show like this, and then having it be basically already finished before the pandemic started really. And then going back and going, you know what? We need to do some creative editing and yeah. some reshoots Yep. just to, just to cover this. The one other thing that I want to point out for our audience, which this doesn't happen very often. I've noticed this. I track it in my new mode of watching movies that Boris has now brought me into the world of and I'm Tyler. I'm very sorry. Yeah, I know. This is one of the few shows, and the Avengers overall, slash the MCU, that don't use everything Apple. Yeah. Because they're using Android phones and a lot of different models. Like, yeah. I know in the Avengers movies, they use Samsung tablets. Yeah. There was a branding contract that looks like it was there. But in this particular episode, they're not using Apple phones. And I've even read about this conspiracy, like this idea that the Screen Actors Guild Award or Guild uh, Union has pretty much mandated that everybody has to use Apple, and this would refute that a little bit, or Disney are able to wing it on their own and, and flout those rules or renegotiate them for their contracts. But it, it's even suggested that Apple, and they pretty much do have a stranglehold. Whenever you see a mobile device on screen, it is almost 99% of the time Apple. Yeah, you're right. Now, what times that that's not the case is when for example it's something on made by sony or yeah you know something like that's that. that's true um, yeah i have seen that and i've seen i've seen product placements yeah but this is one of the few times that they're not really bashing us about the head that it's a certain branded type of phone at least not one that i'm able to pick up on it looks yeah. like there's a lot of different models on different you know generic brands being used yeah also, remember that in Captain America 2 Winter Soldier, they did go into an Apple store. So this hasn't always been the case. But it is very in interesting to kind of see. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, so that's for sure something. Um, I like how you're picking up on these small things now. I told you I would, like, this podcasting yeah, would it, ruin how you watch it's going to ruin forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you, you know what? Like, I. I I forgot to mention on the weekend's episode, I did rewatch Age Ultron. I did rewatch a little bit of Civil War yeah. uh, just because of the show and just because of just the content in general that we yeah. seem to be covering a lot of. And 
Age Ultron, like I did pick up on the fact that, like I say, it was Samsung tablets and it was very specifically product placed. You know what I mean? Because the Samsung logo lit up and like Nick Fury's like, here, check it out. And it's like, oh man, that, that was very obvious product placement. Yeah. And whatnot, you know, and it's hard to not pick up on the fact that Audi does everything for the cars and, you yeah. know, Acura and the first one and stuff like that. You can see where the contracts migrate to. And that's cool, you know. But I, I'm okay with that kind of stuff. It, 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 it pays the bills. It, it, it's, it's all fun stuff as an audience. But the the cell phones and the the electronics have been something that someone's pointed out to me on a, on you know on the internet, and I've just really my eyes start to go to it. Where I'm like, it's very easy to figure out who's got an Apple, and it's very easy to figure out when it's not an Apple. So. Yeah, it's kind of funny yeah. how that works out, but uh, yeah, no, this show is for sure interesting. Let me fix my mic. Sorry about that, Phil and listeners. Yeah, no worries. I was trying to vamp for you, buddy. <laughs> I know. Um, I just changed the placement of the mic because, yeah, it's just easier for me to talk um, and whatnot. It's not easier for me to use my keyboard, but that doesn't matter. Um, we don't need it. Eh, you'd be shocked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so... This show is interesting. This show, there's a couple of things about this episode that really stuck out for me. And that is some of the mm-hmm. conversations that we've been having. And that's kind of like the ethical dilemma, the ethical placement of where Carly Mor- Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers are. We figure out a little more about the world. We find out that, yes, people who were um, kind of taken in after the snap the blip were taken care of because it's something that I never even thought of. People needed to work. The economy still needed to run. So um, borders were open, easier to get a job. Obviously, you are paid better. You were taken care of. You had a home. You had food. You had proper everything. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. And then when the snap happened again and the blip ended, Everyone came back. Well, get out of my house. So again, it echoes kind of you know that post World War II Europe where mm-hmm. we had a displacement of people, and it's it, this is what has angered the flag smashers. Like we knew this was their motivation, yeah. but finally getting that explanation in the middle of the episode, it was kind of like, ooh, this world isn't as uh, it's it's many shades of gray. Some would say it's even fifty of them. Yeah, it's possible. But yeah, I, I did kind of chuckle at that. Well, not only that pun, but hey, at at the fact that there is that depth of explanation here and exactly that. Like, we already started chasing that down in our discussions about this, but it was fully realized in this episode as a reveal where, yeah, like all these people, you know, the flag smashers are constantly cornering it as, I got to know people that otherwise would have been enemies. Right. So it broke down borders, barriers, racism, uh, uh, people that they would have been brought up to hate all of a sudden became friends, comrades, everything like that. And you're right. Then the people come back and guess what? Get the F out of my house. My brother's yep. back. Yep. It's time for his job. You, you've, you, you know, you're done. Now you're a refugee and they take offense to the refugee. They're displaced peoples. You know, they, they have their own terminologies and ideas about their place in the world. And yeah, it brings about that moral question. They want to fight for it, but I don't think fighting for that life is ever going to make it come back. Yeah. And that's the problem that they can't, you know, get to the bottom of Yeah, that. They don't see the futility of it now. Exactly. And it's not because it's not because of politics. They think it's a political thing. No. And it's just because of people. It's numbers. People. Isn't like that there's politics being played. Obviously. But. but at the end of the day, it's humans driving the politics, right? Like that's part mm-hmm. of what the show is showing that it's humans are shitty, fundamentally shitty people. That it's humans. And it's kind of like uh, when uh, Nico questioned Carly, why did you blow the, or was it Sam? Why did you blow those people up? Because they had to. Yeah. They had to learn. Yeah. 
you know? It was just Well, that's like, the language they speak, right? Yeah. That was her justification for it that she wanted to communicate to them. Yep. And but he but his point was you sacrificed your values. He's like, You had me up until you brought the violence into it. Yep. Now And that's that's his problem because his sister is her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just like she's having a rough time. And then she further goes on to shitbag leverage it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, interesting because we're kind of seeing how different people in different parts of the world are facing this dilemma of the post, um, the post snap world, right? Like we're seeing Sam's sister dealing with the financial repercussions of the world, um, and kind of where America's yeah. at, and then we're kind of seeing the other side of the world with Carly and Europe, you know, where. They have their own issues. Everyone has issues right now. And the world systems have been shaken twice. And now it's 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 a shit show. So before we get started, yep. I want to read something that I read. In preparation for this episode, I was doing some uh, quick research. And I found an article um, about this episode. And I really loved what they said. So I will read it because I really liked it. Um, and I think this kind of summarizes a lot of my feelings towards where we're at in this show. So I do want to give credit to Vulture.com. It was a great little article, that uh, summary of the episode that they had, but there was something in particular that I really enjoyed from it. And that is, one person's hero is another's villain. One group's terrorist is another group's re revolutionary. And what might ring the truest of the many insights about heroism in this episode is something that Zemo says. Desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals. And then they go on to say, um, is this world too complicated for Captain America? And that made me think, how would Steve Rogers handle this situation? Yeah, it, it, it is thought-provoking, right? Because I think, I think Steve would have tried to find the virtue in it. And would have maybe not even entered some of the battles that maybe some of these characters are being forced into. Because you brought up a good point earlier to bringing up the article that I think hits on a tone. And that is showing what the States looks like versus what Europe looks like. Yeah. And that's something and that we always need to remember, right? Like, Yeah, and there's something like to be said about the fact that the States doesn't necessarily enter worldwide conflict unless it's needed to yeah exactly. like just look at world war ii right it wasn't until they were provoked that they really started getting more and more involved in it and you know it it is what it is it's no judgment or anything but i'm just saying would steve rogers choose to remain on american soil and run more focus groups and talk things through and because steve survived the snap Right. So Steve knows what the world did for five years. Yeah. So I don't know that he would have been, if they all came back, if he would have been as shocked either or thinking about that yeah. now. Well, that's because the there's right? a lot of spin on this. I feel like part of his decision was based on the fact that he had it. The world has it, it is what it is. You know, remember, he was in the world for five years. So he. Yeah, he was busy trying to track everyone down and trying to figure out what to do and figure out figure out what the what the best plan is to find Thanos and you know the the Infinity Stones. But he saw what's happened to the world. You know, it it, it appears yeah. that the Avengers, in some shape, way, or form, whether it be the Avengers themselves or the Avengers via the military slash U.S. government, they seem to have a lot of power, right? So you know. This could have easily led to his decision on saying, I'm retired, you know? Yeah, I, I, I still firmly think that Steve would have, and that's a really good point, too, that you bring up. Steve was very focused on Thanos. Yeah. Right? Like, when he was avenging mode, he was like, all right, you know, Carol, what's going on? Yeah. Carol Danvers, report in, all this kind of stuff, and checking in on that, and, and HQ, and staying on point. And I that think was that more Black Steve, Widow, though. That was more Black Widow. Was, well, Black Widow was keeping the day to day, but Steve was all over her. Yeah, and I think right? that Steve like, also he seemed to be more entrenched with people. 
because he was kind of like yeah. in a support group and stuff. So he, I think he had a better idea of what was going on, and I feel like that well, shaped his decision at the end of that movie. I think I think that there's a cause, there's a link, because yeah. that's what Sam did to Steve. Exactly was the support, and I think he felt really remorseful about losing Sam in the snap, and decided to pick up that shield. And hence the the connectivity at the end of Endgame of giving him his shield and saying, here, this is yours. It's you now. Because he carried his shield for five years. Yep. Right? Like, I think that there's there's a theme link that I never really considered before, and now it makes a lot of sense yep. seeing this and seeing the counter dilemma. I also think, you know, like, let's be honest. This episode went in such a way we don't need to necessarily break it down because we're already in the thick of it. Yep. But I think that there's a lot of question marks around Sharon right now. Yes. Because Sharon's hanging around with some heavy, heavy hitting dudes. Yep. And Sharon is, is she the power broker or is she, you That's, know what I mean? Like, honestly, the way yeah. that she left <laughs> last week uh, with Sam and Bucky and she kind of got into that car and kind of, like I mentioned in the last week's show, she kind of knew what was happening, right? Yeah. So I kind of feel like she's got a lot more in this than she's leading on. Um, if she's not the power broker herself, she's surely working for him or her. Yeah, she's. I would say that she is the main, like the right-hand man, if not the man, you know, the supposed air quotes man. But I would say that she is, like, as well the tip-off was. When you look at the uh, the artwork that she yep. had in her possession, yeah, you know that was it was quite a tidy amount Could have of been stuff. Yeah, well, oh, most well, obviously it was, but yeah. the point is, is again that leads to the idea that she would be, if not right next to, then the person making those acquisitions. Exactly, right? Because her resources are immense in this yep. world. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. as Phil mentioned, you know, we've already gotten into thicker things. This episode really didn't have too much in terms of Easter eggs, in terms of stuff. So we're going to kind of jump through it and we're going to start talking a little more about some of those mm-hmm. dilemmas. So the episode opens up in Wakanda. We find out that Ao was actually helping uh, Bucky uh, break the spell, for lack of a better word. Um, so she kept uttering, muttering the words, the code words that once triggered him like the Manchurian candidate. Um, then we jump back into today's time. Uh, she tells uh, Bucky that he has eight hours to use Zemo before they come from. I kind of like that. That was kind of funny. Um, again, you know, the timing here is interesting because it seems like everything is kind of happening right back to back, right? But uh, mm-hmm. Carly has basically gone from, you know, the Flag Smashers and Carly have gone from this unknown new-ish terrorist group to, oh, we know they're terrorist group, to we know Carly's the leader, to, you know, FBI's number one most wanted person. Yeah, and she's survived a bullet, like a, a, a shot, a, shot a, a, a bullet to the gut yeah. in record yeah. time. Exactly. You know what I mean? But she is a super soldier, so, you know, there, there's where suspension of, of belief. But I, I, I was actually a little bit worried when I saw that it was opening in Wakanda because I thought, oh, boy, are we going to, you know, tackle Chadwick Boseman? Mm-hmm. Are we going to tackle what's going on with Black Panther? Yeah. Are we going to, are we getting into this now? Like, is this where this show is going? And I guess people on the internet started speculating that, too, and it turns out they they had to issue a press release this week saying that there will not be any uh, uh, cameos or pre-recorded appearances of Chadwick as Black Panther in the next episode because everybody knows there's a big reveal slash cameo yep. in yep, the next in episode. episode. Five. Yeah, so I just wanted to point that out. And I actually got a little bit emotional at that scene with Bucky. And being free of the code words. I thought that it was very well shot and I thought it was very emotional. And I thought that it gave a lot of great context 
to what the heck went on in Infinity War in that little bit of time that we didn't know yep. what was going on with the White Wolf yep. and whatnot. So I, I thought that that was a really intelligent way of opening it up. And I also got the vibes again. I hate to say it, but I just did. When they're like, oh, okay, you get eight hours because he's a means to an end. And they obviously, we know their history, their link, their emotion, emotional capacity towards one another. And she's willing to, you know, suspend the the avenging of the king, the previous king, uh, for that eight-hour window. But I look at it and I go, oh, man, this is, this feels like John Wick again. It yep. just feels like something that would be done in John Wick. Yep. You have eight hours, you know, and click, 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 and a little watch <laughs> yep. would be set to eight hours and be like, oh, we'll be here that exact second. Yeah. So. All right. But, so. Yeah. Obviously, the bombing is starting to bring more attention to the cause of the Flag Smashers. Um, and an inter- interesting kind of side note here is that it's leading to stricter border control. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Well, this is this is the scene where they're kind of in that, like, the ruins of that building watching a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the scenes that looks like there's a reshoot. Um, this this uh, felt bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Sam, Bucky, and Zemo, they know they need to find Carly and her super serums before someone else does because she seems to be kind of enemy number one right now, uh, especially because those are the last serums left in existence. Um, so they know that they need to get to Riga where the funeral for Donia Madani is. Um, Sam calls Sharon. Uh, he learns that the power broker is mad and he really wants his serum back, but Carly and one of her buddies are hiding it in a cemetery. Uh, so, again, there's more discussion about heroism and how heroism has changed, how people view heroism, and that, you know, heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean anymore. I really like that because it's kind of bringing that, yeah. you know, not, you know... For, Foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a foreshadow, and... and- there's also the reveal a little bit that these people used to look up to guys like Steve Rogers. Yep. Right. Exactly. Like that, that makes again, the foreshadowing towards the end is basically, well, we'll get there. And I'll, I'll if you don't bring it up, I will. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, cause he flat out says that he admired as a kid, he admired, uh, Captain America. So jokes on yep. him. Um, yeah, so Walker Big and Hoskins time. catch up to the guys. Uh, and, you know, at this point, you know, I feel like Walker is just being an absolute douchebag at this point. Like, he's very confrontational. Um, you know, he kind of, the only reason he gives Sam and Bucky the time of day is because he knows better. He doesn't want to get his ass kicked, but he's kind of had it with yeah. them to a certain extent. And he's very twitchy. Yes. You notice this throughout the episode. Kind of, I'm going to ask you right now. Do you think he's taken the super serum before, during, or after this episode? I think he took it exactly when they, well, I think what they want us to think. Obviously, he acquires that serum. That's a good question. Think about that. It's a really good question. Yep. All right. So, yeah. yeah, So they have this huge discussion and whatnot. Um, There's desperation coming through. Everyone wants to find Carly. Sam wants to be a diplomat, uh, someone who can talk to Carly out of the terrorist plans. Walker wants to use force. So really kind of seeing this um, good guy, good cop, Bad cop mentality, but into the extremes. You know, Sam being Sam, John kind of not fully understanding what it means to be a real hero, um, and kind mm-hmm. of thinking that he's above the law. So I kind of really like that. Um, the new cap gives Sam a little bit of time to work his charismatic magic. Carly would call it his hopeless optimism. Uh, so this is at uh, the funeral. Sam makes an appearance. Carly sees him. Um, they start having a conversation. Uh, so while Sam is talking to Carly and seems to be making ground, Walker is getting restless. Sam tells Carly she's a supremacist, echoing what Zemo said earlier about 
heroes. Zemo said all heroes are supremacists. Yeah, and he's hell-bent on eliminating the serum, which is why he stomped it. He thought he stomped it all out. Yep. And now that I've thought about what, not only what you've just read aloud or, or said aloud, um, I'm going to say that I think John has taken the serum from the very beginning of yep. this episode. that's what I think. Because of that twitch. Because yep. the twitch is very pronounced, and even when you're doing isolated frames, he's twitching in off hands and stuff, so he's really doing the old character acting thing to a good degree, so... He's Kudos also to him. seems agitated throughout the episode. Yeah. Kind of like Roid Ragey, right? Yeah, and they, they talk about that, that, well, the serum brings out, it enhances your own qualities, right? Like, it, if you're inherently, the argument is, if you're inherently a good guy, like Steve was, a guy who could pick up Thor's hammer, right, then you're only going to become a better guy with a super soldier, serum but if you're a, a, a morally compromised person or a power hungry person or you know i i don't even know we don't fully realize what this new captain is yet but we know that we have ideas and we know that there are a lot of those ideas are shown to be true at the end and i think this serum is now kicking in and showing us how impatient how petulant how inexperienced he is and how undeserving he is to have this power, right? Yep. And that's truly what the showmakers are trying to expose, but take us on a journey to get there as an exactly. audience. Exactly. So, to no one's surprise, Walker gets extremely agitated He, uh, as Sam is finally connecting to Carly. Walker ruins it all. He spooks Carly. She runs they lose her. Zemo found her, and he starts shooting. Uh, shooting. Uh, there's super serum everywhere because Carly drops it. Uh, Zemo injures Carly, but he gets distracted by the serum vials on the floor, destroying them as Carly escapes. Walker bursts in, knocks out Zemo, and spots one remaining vial of super juice, and he grabs it. Okay, question then. Because... Did he get his hands on super like the super soldier stuff before? That's because this is where he acquires it, right? This is where he officially acquires it. But um, you know, there is a lot of rumors about who the mm. power broker is. Is it someone in the shadows oh. of the American government? I just yeah, the light bulb just went off. All right. All right, so I'm thinking it's the dude who is who is Liv Tyler's dad, who was also in Civil War, who is who basically made the Hulk. Yep. Yes. Okay. I know exactly. Okay, that that's a possibility. But otherwise, I would say this: if it's not all interconnected, if it's not Mephisto, all right. Um, I think what we'd have to assume is is that he's already Walker's already cracking under the pressure of being Captain America. Hence the twitch. And if he takes the serum when they want us to think he takes the serum during this episode, then that's only going to make it worse, which it definitely does. Yep. Which it could also be just the pressure, right? Because the stakes are constantly getting higher throughout this entire episode on him. Yep. Like the, so, the, the, the issues, right? Like, yep. And then the final snap is when the events happen to Battlestar. Yep. Boom. Exactly. Now, okay, so Carly is having a discussion uh, with Nico uh, about basically saying, at this point, she wants to kill Captain. So, mm -hmm. that's that. Um, yeah. And then, big fight scene with all the heroes because, lo and behold, uh, Ao and the other Wakandans show up because the time is up and they want Zemo. But no one's having any of that, so we have a hilarious battle when Walker puts his hand on Ao, and this kicks off a very large fight scene between all the heroes. I love the fact that kind of Sam and Bucky are not really getting too involved. Zemo is yeah. loving this. 
kind of like in in Civil War, you know, he's loving every second yep. of the quote unquote good guys fighting within each other, um, and he's literally having a drink, um, and Walker and his buddy are trying to fight off Wakandans. Yeah, and what a ass kicking they got, you know what I mean? Like, like just when you look at the actual events of where the spears are the the language being used against them and the removal of said spears and and reusage and whatnot by the Wakandan um uh soldier ladies uh it's it's impressive and you know what like he oh this is the biggest this would be the biggest point in trying to i guess justify the fact that John hasn't taken it because he's then resentful over the fact that they weren't even super soldiers exactly Right, now, and I think that's the the t- the tilt that they want us to believe because he goes and talks to Battlestar and says, "Would you take it if you could?" Well, that's exactly where we're getting there. So Walker struggles against uh, the Flag Smashers. She struggles against uh, the Wakandans, and obviously, as everyone is fighting, Zemo pulls an El Chapo, as they say, yeah. um, and he escapes. <laughs> down the sewers so this leads us to a discussion between walker and hoskins um and there's a very crucial question that lamar battlestar asks john walker power just makes a person more themselves right does it are villains made more evil by power and heroes made more heroic than what is john walker right like now we're trying to really get into now we're trying to justify the ends to the mean. Yep. And this is when John asks him, if you had the chance, would you take the serum? I believed when I watched the episode that this would be when he took it. Yep. But it's off screen. So you can't trust it. You can't trust any Marvel entity where if it's off screen, you don't know what happens until you see what until you see it on screen in yep. full context. As we're seeing with the Bucky stuff at the beginning of this in Wakanda, I'm just bringing this up so people are following along with me, right? It's like, it's speculation city. It's just like Star Wars right now. Yeah. We're into the what happened off screen mode. Yeah, and this it's is a, it's entirely valid discussion. Yeah, this is hardcore in the WandaVision. Like, what is, what in the hell is actually happening right now? Yeah. Where All is right. Mephisto? He, he he appeared like ten times in this episode. Um, watch him be the power there, broker. <laughs> there there was there was octagons behind. <laughs> I love it. All right, so what's McCall Ted? The final fight sequence is interesting because we kind of get the hint that at this point Walker does take the serum um, because he's kind of holding up his own against everyone. You know, people that mm-hmm. he struggled fighting against before, he's able to now not only fight alongside them but overpower them um so we don't know exactly when he took it we just know that he's kicking people down flights of stairs bending pipes uh they almost get walker when hoskins jumps in to save the day and gets thrown across the room landing in a heap appearing dead yep he he did not look good but apparently he was in a place that had the leakiest um shower heads in the universe yep because that's where he got tied up and i kept on getting thrown by that leak in front of the camera yep. <laughs> it was messing with me i'm like are they gonna drown him slowly yep. <laughs> it was just a weird a weird little thing that i had going through my head when i was watching it like this is such an odd scene because he's just laying there and he's all bound up and there's this water always dripping yep always dripping but hey. so at this point John Walker's uh, roid rage gets to 100, yeah. jumps through a window, grabs Carly's buddy from the cemetery, beats him to death with a symbol of heroism, recognized around the world in a public square Duh. using Captain America's shield. Everyone sees it, including Carly. Everyone has their phones out. Everyone sees Captain America murdering someone and the shield is covered in blood which is very similar to a comic that led to bucky turning into captain um very similar scene but this time it was captain doing the killing 
And I apologize. My Battlestar comment was not about him getting thrown into the column. It was about his actual capture. But yes, he very was very much was dead. I was sad to see him go. I could also understand John Walker's reaction to it. However, it wasn't very Captain America like, and it just cemented all of our assumptions that he's a big, you know, douchebag. Yep. And basically, that move was the move that Steve Rogers did on Iron Man at the end of Civil War in order to disable Tony's suit. Yep. That was exactly the same move. So now, I thought that, that that symbolism was great because Steve did it once, and he did it to stop Tony. This yep. guy just kept on going till the, there's blood all over, and that's a lot of blood for a Marvel show or movie. Yep. What's interesting here is that, um, you know, for someone who has obviously had people die around him being in, you know, the Middle East, wherever he was stationed, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of interesting his reaction. I know that it's his best, but but it kind of reminds me of the scene from uh, the first Avengers movie after they kill off Phil Coulson and Tony Stark is like, you know, seeing red at this point and Steve Rogers asks him, I know you've never lost anyone. You've never lost a soldier, you know? So to me, it's kind of interesting that, you know, you have John Walker here who has clearly lost soldiers, but he's the one who just is absolutely unstoppable at this point. And then going back to our conversation, um, the conversation about good and bad, it's very similar to a conversation from Captain America uh, when Erskine is with... Uh, Rogers, and he says, bad becomes worse, good becomes great. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's the big takeaway, and the fact that if you're going to wear the shield and the colors, everyone's going to be filming you. Everyone's going to be, you're going to be the target of everything, which is what they're trying to, to expose with, obviously, the title and the fact that he's just made a mistake where him and Battlestar were like, well... No one's going to care how we get it done as long as we get it done. Yep. And now that's all out of the, that's, uh, that air is out of the balloon now. There's no way that you get away with anything after doing that. And you're right. That's a really good point about the the death and whatnot. But I also find it's really interesting that part of the conversation that they had about taking the the super serum, excuse me, was the idea that if they had it, earlier in their careers how many people could they have saved yeah exactly right so i think that there's a little bit of justification i think when you put it in context like you're doing which is the right thing to do you're you're 110 correct yeah but i think what they're trying to manipulate or maneuver us into in the show through its storytelling and through these devices is to try and give an element of because there's going to be some portion of the audience that probably disagrees with the idea that 100%. that this new Captain America is not the greatest representation. Yeah. That is like, hey, it's just like a political discussion, like we're discussing at the beginning. One person's terrorist could be another person's, you know, uh, freedom fighter, and yeah. vice Do versa. You think it's, and I know that they're trying very hard to make. John Walker look like the villain, right? Um, and it's almost no question. But I feel like, you know, MCU is treading a line because of the political messages that they're sending, because kind of of the life imitating art, that you're going to have, you could have a very decisive, divisive, I mean, uh, audience in terms of how yeah. they see what is good, what is bad. Is this right? Is this wrong? I think that there is there is real tension on that point, but I just think that it's going to end up being a huge misnomer in the sense that it was Putin all along. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to laugh and you're stoned today. <laughs> yep. But you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be some overarching enemy, and yeah. that's who's going to be the person that we just kind of go, oh, crap. You know, these petty politics don't really mean as much. Yeah. But I do think that there's going to be some kind of, I hope, that there's going to be some kind of resolution as to John Walker and this position of being Captain America. Yeah. I do hope that that it's resolved with Bucky or Sam about where that shield finally rests. Because exactly. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think with Battlestar passing away, I think that it forces the hand that John can't sustain this anymore because I don't, I think without that pillar propping him up to be the good guy, he's absolutely going to crumble into a morally bankrupt, power thirsty, roid raging, uh, flag waving kind of maniacal entity. But I hope that there's redemption as well. Like, I I don't think he's a wasted character. No. I don't think I don't think that he 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 could fit into my MCU in some other way, right? Like he could they could find a way to to knit him into the team, yeah, and try to redeem him down the line. Yeah, I agree hundred um, percent. It's just it's just very interesting where we are right now because like I feel like this is kind of like that. You know, I don't even want to say this is kind of like that high point before we start getting all the answers because I have a feeling that the next episode is just going to be all questions. Right. Um, and one thing I do want to bring up is kind of, and this is taking away, not taking away from the story, but outside of the story. And that's the way that these MCU shows are being built. Um, if this series is in fact, six episodes, we're on episode number five, you know, at this point we really should start seeing some answers. We should really start getting answers. I should, I should say, uh, we, shouldn't be in a position by the end of this week's episode that we're still questioning things because if we're going well, into the last if we're going into the last no episode, this is this is the second last the episode is that's this what I mean. is the second last episode coming up that's what all I right mean. yeah i think i think the big reveal is a power broker yeah I'll, I'll guess that but i might be wrong there might be some other cameo because when you look at wandavision we knew at the end of the second last episode, who the bad guy really was. That wasn't Mephisto. Yep. <laughs> right? So I think it gets revealed in this episode, but I don't know that it gets explored. Yep. If you know what I mean. And then and then the internet erupts and the fans go wild and we get our finale of payoff and whatnot or wherever they want to lead us. Yep. And this is the thing, right? Like everybody's got to put on their expectation pants now i'm gonna call them all right and as good citizens of the internet what we have to do is try to dispose of our expectations for this show and i think this show circumvents it a little bit because wandavision just had the weight of the world on its back yep and it was constantly trying to throw out the idea that it doesn't care if the weight of the world is on its back because it's going to do whatever it wants to do and it did it well but we do all know that, you know, all the stuff that went on with the X-Men speculation, the Mephisto stuff, all that stuff was raging on in the background with the MCU fans. And I think with this one, we've got some expectations that we need to discar- dispose of and just kind of go, it goes where it goes. And where they leave us, I have no doubt Loki will be picking up on that front. And then I have no doubt when Loki ends, that Black Widow will be picking up on that front. And the journey continues, right? Because there's a beautiful thing that if you go on Disney+, and I didn't know this, but a friend of mine who hasn't watched all of the MCU has recently gotten his access sorted out for Disney+. And he's like, they tell us which phase has what movies and what order to watch them in. And I'm like, damn, smart at Disney. But that's the way. And him and his wife went and watched Thor 1, 2, and 3. And they're like, what the hell is going on? And he's just like, that's why we can't watch them like this. Yep. You have to watch them in this order that they're presenting them in. Yep. And I, that's what they're doing right now when we're in the middle of it. And it's the most exciting time because yep. we can speculate. But we have to, you know, temper that speculation a little bit. That's all yep. I'm warning people of. I know exactly. that you're doing that, Boris. I know that I'm doing that. But I know that we've been through this enough times in our lives, and we're just talking a matter of months on delivery now versus years, yep. which is the normal movie cycle. So buckle up, everybody. This is a exactly. great time to be an MCU fan. It's a great time to be a DC fan. It's a great time to be a comic book uh, a fan of these types of shows and productions. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Phil. Who do you think the power broker is? 
Well, I think it's like we were talking about. It's either Sharon or it's going to be the military dude, right? Like I, I think that he saw the uh, the vacuum in in the snap, and probably went and grabbed more power, and and whatnot, and exploited his situation. And you know, quite possibly, the political sphere changed so much in the states that he went and did this kind of thing where he's freelancing now, where he he took technology. And he's freelancing, but I, it could be anybody in the MCU. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Rocket the Raccoon. <laughs> yeah, so I agree. I do think that it is Thunderbolt Ross with the help of Sharon. Um, I do think that he is um, in these experiments of trying to make new serum. He is going to end up becoming Red Hulk like he does in Ah. comics um i think that's kind of where they're going with this kind of you know similar to how uh bruce banner was trying to you know work on the serum and then that's yeah. how he turned into hulk i think something similar is going to happen to thunderbolt ross especially now the fact that they only have one vial left maybe possibly most likely zero yeah or they're gonna have enough information to assemble it to try maybe to assemble it yeah yeah, maybe they genetically make it, and instead of it being blue, it's red. Hence, he becomes Red Hulk. Bingo. Right? He gets he gets code red Mountain Dew instead yep. of the regular green Mountain Dew. Finally, got you to laugh. Yep. <laughs> I'm working my color spectrum here in, in soft drinks. Come on, man. I love it. He gets the extra dose of caffeine. He turns into Red Hulk. Yep. And and you know Tim Roth writhes around in his MCU grave. Exactly. Right. Um, all right, so listeners, let us know who you think the Thunder or the Power Broker is, and Phil can tell <laughs> you how to get a hold of us. Yes, sir. If you're looking to get a hold of us, if you want to communicate to us, we you know that the show is coming up next week. I'd say get your stuff in by next Monday at the latest because of our recording schedule, but um, you can reach us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. And well, basically, you guys know the spiel. Anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. Be sure to you know give us a follow, subscribe, whatever, just to let you know when we drop these crazy episodes and uh, leave a rate and review if at all possible. We greatly appreciate the time that you spent listening to us natter on about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's right. Uh, I would just want to thank everyone for listening. Phil, I want to thank you for being part of this crazy journey. It's been fun. Um, and we will continue doing this for as long as humanly possible. Be sure to tune in on Sunday as we have a new episode of the It's Getting Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things news. So, without further ado, it is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where <laughs> we talk about all things everything. Uh, he's Phil, I'm Boris. Good night. All right.